The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with Push and Start. Brought to you by the Push Start Media Network. I am your humble host, Bryce Benjamin. And unfortunately, my co-host, Ed Reuter, wasn't able to make it in on today's recording session. But fortunately, we did have a comparable replacement um, on today's show. And I was joined by my guest today, uh, my guy Josh, a.k.a. Duke Clark. And we had a really awesome conversation, uh, particularly about the NBA playoffs uh, that's been going on and literally discussed um, almost every series and how we uh, thought about the bubble so far. Um, And then we went into the uh, New York Knicks conversations. Josh is a huge Knicks fan. So, uh, you know, we kind of kind of picked his mind on what went wrong with the Knicks and how they can go forward from there. And uh, to really wrap up the show. Uh, we talked a little bit of NFL football, you know, listed off some of our favorite contenders. And uh, I was able to get a Super Bowl prediction out of Josh there. So um, it was always looking forward to having Josh on the show. And uh, it was really a great time. And I think you guys are definitely going to enjoy uh, this episode. So without further ado, I want you guys to show some love for our guest today. My guy, Mr. Joshua Duke Clark. All right, we are live with my guy, Joshua, a.k.a. Duke Clark, in the building all the way from Wyoming. What is good, my dude? Nothing much, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you coming on, man. I've been trying to get you on the show for like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, facts, dude. Yeah, finally, finally was able to do it, though, man. How is Wyoming? Like, what is, what, what's in Wyoming? It's it's not, it's a beautiful state, man. But I've just been so I'm in the southeastern corner, like I'm kind of close to uh, to Colorado. Okay. So there ain't much much where I am. Most of the stuff is kind of like out west and uh, like north, like uh, Yellowstone's northwest. So I mean, there's like a bunch of state parks and like hiking if you're into that stuff. But for me, it's so far away. So I I, I never really get more than a day off. So I can't really make that trip. So it's kind of been. It's been a little rough, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kinda, that's like when I think of Wyoming, that's what I think of. It's just like I just imagine like a bunch of bears and shit running around. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one of it's all, it's one of like three states in America that has grizzly bears. Oh shit! Yeah, grizzlies ain't yeah. no joke. Have you seen one live yet? Nah, nah. They're 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 usually more up north, but there is there was like a, a black bear on the golf course here a couple months ago that we reported on, and uh, like I, I came home one day and had like a herd of antelope in my or not antelope like. Uh, it's a certain kind of deer they have out here, but I had like a herd of them in my front yard. Okay. Yeah, I've been surrounded by turkeys in my yard, dude. It's wild out here. Oh shit! I mean, are you a hunter? Uh no, I'm not. I always wanted to get into it, but when I was younger, I was so lazy. And my dad used to go real early in the morning, so I would just, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not getting up at three. 
I was about to say, man, that sounds like if you was a hunter, that's paradise. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is, it's definitely, definitely outdoorsman's paradise out here, for sure. That's what's up, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you joining the show. Um, Before we get into things, I want you to, to let the people know that's listening in. Uh, express your fanhood. So, first of all, you you went to school for journalism to become uh, a sports journalist, right? Yeah, yeah, I went to Arizona State. Okay, yeah. okay, that's what's up. But um, so yeah, tell us about your favorite teams, favorite sports players. You know, take a minute, talk your shit, man. Let the people know. Right, yeah, uh, this is like depression. This segment. Um, so I'm <laughs> New York. I'm New York. Everything except for college. So Bills, Yankees, Knicks. Um, save. I'm not too heavy into hockey, but when I do, I'm a Sabres fan. And in college, I'm just I'm a Sun Devils fan. And I was actually, I mean, they've always been like a mediocre team. Like, I don't know if you watch college basketball, but a couple years back, they went number two and then lost like almost all their conference play, got knocked out of the first round. Mm. And then we got Herm Edwards for football, and we had our best uh, recruiting class this year for basketball. So we were favorites to win the basketball conference and we were behind just behind usc for favorites to win football this year okay so i'm kind of like coronavirus might mess up our best season but uh yeah man i i grew up i was a mike vick fan that's kind of when i started getting into football but then okay. after he got in trouble and stuff i deferred back to the bills i've been a bills fan since okay and yeah and yeah nick man nick yeah, the New York. We're going to talk about them. We definitely yeah. discussed that. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not getting too much into it right now. But <laughs> Yankees are the only team that haven't consistently let me know my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Yankees, you know, they – shit, I always – They've had that. a couple bad years, but – Yeah, for the, for the most part, though, man. I mean, what is it, 27 championships? Yeah, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen five of them, six of them. Can't really think of the number right off the top of my head. But yeah, I basically see. started watching sports really in like 01. So okay. like that, that Lakers championship, that that uh, I, I actually my first World Series was the Mets Yankees. Yeah, and then yeah, so my my first favorite football player was Marshall Falk because I had okay. that Super Bowl. You gotta do it. So, uh, gotta definitely do it. Marshall, yeah. Marshall Falk. That's well, what's up. Yeah. yeah, Marshall was a fucking beast. Um, well, yeah, that's crazy. That's just around the same time that I think I started to really dive into deep into sports too. It was like around oh one oh two. Um. That's when I watched my first, like, a, like this first Super Bowl I ever sat down and watched from quarter to quarter uh, was uh, Baltimore versus New York. And obviously, that's how I became. That was 2000, player. right? Yeah, 2000, yep. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. That's when you finally start to get that understanding about sports. You're around, like, you what, 9, 10 years old. You finally start to understand shit. You're playing video games. That's getting you, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's about the good. Yeah, that's about the right age. And your, your ADD starts calming down. You can actually sit down. <laughs> that's yeah. a fact. That's a big fact. Yeah. Yo, what? Yo, these, these NBA playoffs. First of all, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, NBA bubble. Um, has this gone as well as you thought it would, or has it gone better? I think I think it's gone a lot better, man. I thought a lot of my friends were were like, like a lot of my friends bat, and they come to me and they ask, and I was just like, man, just stay away because you don't know. I was thinking when we first got into it, I was thinking the defensive teams would really thrive, but it was, it was the exact opposite. You were seeing all these crazy numbers, 150 points. I'm thinking like the shots are going to be rusty and all that, but it was, it was the exact opposite. It was offensive all day. And the playoffs have been, I think, I think 
there was a lot of people complaining about how the Suns didn't make it and stuff like that. But I think the teams who should have made it made it. All these series have been very entertaining. Yeah. Outside of the, the Bucks, magic was kind of a little bit of a snooze fest. But other than that, I think every single series has been super entertaining. That Mavs Clips series is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Jazz and the Nuggets. Um, so – I think it's been great, man. It honestly makes me kind of think, like, maybe they should take a month off in between every season to kind of let everyone get their legs back underneath. Yeah, let everybody get right, get rested up. And, uh, yeah, I felt the same way, like, going into it. I was a little skeptical on it. At first, first of all, I thought, like, the season was going to be done. I was like, there's no way that they're going to be able to make this happen. Um, but sure enough, you know, the, the the Players Union and Chris Paul and LeBron, and they all got together, and Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver – uh, they made it work. They they got down there. They did the seating games to kind of get everybody's legs under them. Um, well, the scrimmages, then the seating games. And, then, you know, yeah, eventually yeah. The, the playoffs kicked off. And it, it has went, like, literally 10 times better than I, I originally thought this was going to be. Um, the crowd, like, not having a the crowd there at first, it's like, uh, you know, you, you miss that energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody hit a big three, crowd going crazy. They feeding off the energy of the crowd. You kind of miss that. But at the same time, though, it's still it's still basketball. It's still like the greatest athletes in the world competing against one another, and they're still going hard as shit. So it has it has a yeah, skill for me. Yeah, it's been really good for like the the, the playground players, the guys with the offensive yes. moves, like Harden, Lillard, Jamal Murray is just exploded for like it seems like no reason. The man just came out of nowhere. So it's been it's been like a cool especially for people like me and you we grew up during that time where there was a lot of that one on one scoring we we saw there was it was it was exciting scoring and I feel like it kind of felt like that during the bubble yeah it's kind of reverting back to to what it was now that it's in the playoffs um, but yeah it was a ton of fun and being big NBA fans man I was just thankful that they were able to get that done yeah that's a fact Adam man. Silver. Adam Silver's the best best GM in sports, man. Or not GM, sorry. Uh, Commissioner. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree, man. He, uh, you could tell that the players respect him. It seems like he's always for the players and uh, for the fans as well. And then obviously, you know, the, the name of the game is they want to make money and whatnot. Um, but the the way that they was able to progress forward and get this thing going is I got I got nothing but high praises for them and uh, the NBA in general. And um, yeah. You mentioned it, the the Utah Jazz and that Denver Nuggets series, um, seven game series, where I thought it was over when 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 Denver went down three one, and you, you got fucking Donovan Mitchell going absolutely bonkers, but yeah. then for Jamal Murray to to come back and start going like equaling like what Mitchell was doing, and then even surpassing what he was doing, yeah. Bro, that showdown was must-see TV. I never thought I would say in my lifetime that I need to go watch Utah-Denver play. Like, I need to see this game. man. Even coming into the series, man, I was just like, eh. I was like, if I could miss any series, it's going to be that one. That was the one, yeah. That was hands down the one, yeah. And then then it's just – it's insane. Like, you think Donovan Mitchell is just hitting this next next level. I mean, Jamal Murray's always kind of been streaky, but – two 50-point games in a four-game span to kind of, like, lead your team back to three one That's it. And it was crazy because, I mean, I thought you need strong leadership on a team to come back 3-1, you know. I mean, 
even good teams aren't going to come back from that. Right. And and you and who and when you're looking at Denver, it's like who are you really looking to? It's like Jokic has been an all all NBA type player, but we don't really know how he is as a leader. And Jamal Murray just comes out of nowhere. And then even at the end of that last game, where he didn't really have the crazy stats, him and both him and Mitchell didn't really have crazy stats, but they were going back and forth. As soon right. as the game kind of started getting close, it was back to them. Uh, even though Jokic hit that big shot. But for a couple, a lot of those offensive possessions, it was back to what was happening a couple of games before with, with both of them dropping 50. And, yeah, man, it ended up being probably the best series. Unless yeah. we'll, you see something crazy in game seven tonight with Houston and uh, – is that tonight? Houston yeah, and that's OKC. tonight. That's right yeah. after this uh, Miami-Milwaukee game in which uh, Miami, Miami is just giving it to Milwaukee. Well, it's a nine-point lead, but Milwaukee can't do nothing with them right now. Um but yeah, yeah, that w- that turned out to be one of the best first round series that I can remember in in my basketball watching history. Um, not only yeah. from the the explosions of of scores that that Mitchell and and Murray was battling against one another, um, but then it's like it had that flip. So you you had the three one week, you had blowouts, you had a blowout victory by Utah, and then they go up three one, and then it's like okay, this game is over. But then you had that that flip for that Denver team where Mike Malone makes the adjustments. He's putting the ball in Jamal Murray's hands because Jokic, um, for the most part of that series, Gobert was doing a hell of a job on Jokic. He was having a tough time uh, getting to the rim, doing any of the shit that he's normally doing. So then they put the ball in Jamal Murray's hands, especially late in the games, and the man delivered. Like, I did not see this coming from Jamal Murray, man. I've seen this dude, when it comes to big moments, shrink. Uh, like yeah. last year, you know, they, they go one-on-one against Portland to get to the game seven and Jamal Murray really didn't show up in that series. Um, but then for him to come into this round and then bring his team back down from three, one with some incredible performances, yo, like literally, like you said, 50, 40 and 50, that showed me something. I was like, yo, yeah, this kid and, and, is- and the shots he was hitting, it wasn't yes. just how much he scored. It was how he scored it. It's, I want to see if he can keep, keep something similar up. In the, in the next series they they have the clips so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough with the uh, Paul I mean especially if Beverly comes back too it's gonna be tough but they were letting down to get off so maybe Murray can keep can keep some of that steam man but actually let's let's kind of talk about that series uh Dallas and, and Clippers um Luka Doncic how do you like I don't know about how you feel about him but I'm all in I'm I'm 100% oh, yeah, in on I, him Dude, I've been I've been all in. I'm a big fan of uh, Bill Simmons, the ringer, and yeah. uh, Kevin O'Connor was just smashing that dude through my head for months that season. And uh, I, I, he's just – I always trust Kevin O'Connor's opinion, man. And I just – I remember when they traded – I was all in him before I even seen him play. And I remember when they traded that pick, when Atlanta traded that pick to get Trey Young a pick for uh, Luka, I was just like, Big mistake, man. And yeah. I love Trey Young, but Luca, man, Luca is. I I've been talking about this with my friends. Like we have, we might have for the first time in basketball history, the top two basketball players might not be American in a couple of years. You know, like yeah. when LeBron finally retires and Kawhi starts slowing down, and you don't know how KD is going to be when he comes back. Who do we have American-wise to take that mantle over guys like Giannis and and Luca? Yeah, that's a fact, bro. And they're both young. Like, Luca's what, 21? Just literally turned 21. 20. Isn't he 20? He just turned 21. Like, this past Did he summer. just turn 21? Okay. He just turned 21. You got Giannis, who's, what, 25? So, you got yeah. a, a couple of young bucks. 
Um, yeah, Luca. I I'm not gonna lie. When when he first came into the league and he had all this buzz about him, I wasn't so like I just I watched him play and I was watching the YouTube highlights of what he was doing in Europe and it was impressive. Don't get me wrong, but I just seen like a big slow ass white dude. <laughs> who, who was skilled like yeah. you know he had a lot of skill he had that european style skill and i'm like and eh, nah, i don't see this before man i'm not buying into it he ain't gonna be able to do this against brothers in the league but sure enough he is busting ass like it nobody can stay in front of him this dude like and you watch him play he's not fast like he's not the most athletic dude no but he just gets by people he got he got some boogie to his game he finishes with both hands like the weakness on his 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 passing, oh my god, he got crazy yeah. vision, especially for such a young player. I'm like, yo, this is I, what am I watching right now? And the IQ, the IQ is the the most important part, man. Yes. Like you've seen guys have those, though all of that that repertoire, but he just knows when to score, when to not, when to defer. Like like we like it was a big thing with LeBron early in his career. I mean, LeBron was obviously the best, but you would see him passing and maybe times when he shouldn't. And Doncic just like, you'll see times where he completely becomes selfish, but it's because he should. And it just seems like he already has this feel for the game that it took Jordan in the opposite direction. It took Jordan uh, six, seven years. Same thing for LeBron. They both like, they, they kind of had meet in the middle. Uh, they were on opposite ends of the spectrums, but they had to work their way towards the middle. And Doncic already has like that intelligence to know, okay, I know, I'm the best passer in the league, and I can get 10 assists, but three minutes left in the game, I'm dropping. Like, I, I'm doubled, and I'm still going for that game winner. And I'm yeah. So it's just having that killer instinct and that IQ and that feel for the game is just that 21 years old, man. It's it's crazy. I, I just hope that he can stay healthy. I think he can because he doesn't really rely on explosiveness too much. But, I mean, he's he, Dame's probably my favorite player right now, but. Doncic is coming for it, man. It's, yeah, man. Luca, like, beautiful to watch. I seen the man. He first of all, let's let's not forget in that series, the man was on one ankle for basically the whole series. Um, yeah, that was like a game two. Yeah, like game two. Yeah, he, he rode his ankle yeah. game one, and then he hurt his ankle like like legit hurt his ankle game two, and then he comes out game three. He has that crazy game. Was that no? Is that game four when he hit the no, game? No, that was game four. Game three was the game he only dropped thirteen. In. Okay, okay. Game four, yeah, that he was comes a rough out. Game, yeah. The man, you know, has 40, has 40 points and hit that step back three for the game. That And I'm like, yo, man, this this is it, Triple man. double game winner, 43 yes. points. Yes. I'm like, get it in, man. And these are, and you're talking about uh, the Clippers who have two of the best wing defenders in the league, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And um, I was kind of disappointed that Kawhi Leonard didn't guard him more. I, I wanted to see yeah. that matchup a little bit more. But um, like whoever they was putting in front of him, man, Luka wasn't backing down. And uh, for him to play perform like that in his first playoff series, and, you know, they lost 4-2, but I don't take nothing away from him on that one. Like, for him to do that and perform that well, and he's 21 years old, he's only going to get better than the future is bright. Like, I, I'm looking forward to watching that team, and hopefully that Dallas can uh, definitely surround him with some more pieces to make that a contending team for years to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to get that team, I mean, I understand they have Chris Dobbs, uh, Curry had a couple good games. But what you're talking – I mean, Seth Curry might be the fourth best player on that team. You know, I mean, t- after Kristaps and Luka, I mean, who was the third the third guy? And for him to 
actually had the Clippers scared for a little bit. Yes. And Przingis had a couple games where he wasn't really performing. He had the game. He got kicked out at the end of the, the first was the first game, right? Yeah, uh, first game. Yep. And they might have won that game if he if he didn't get kicked out. Yeah, yeah, man. If, if that doesn't happen, maybe they win that series. Dude. Right. But I I don't I like growing up. I was always a Knicks fan, but I was always had like this. I had this obsession with watching the Spurs just because it was watching Duncan. That system was beautiful. And I have a feeling that that's gonna be like my my team that I'm a fan of. But I'm not a fan of over the next ten years. Yeah, the team you flirt with, like you know, you yeah, pay attention yeah, the to team them. When yeah. the Knicks let me down and don't make the playoffs, I start rooting for them. Yep, yep. I know that. I know exactly what you mean. Um. Yeah. So yeah, man. Luka Doncic. Shout out to him. I think uh, the next round, the Clips versus Utah or versus Denver. I think. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to handle them pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Paul George is is a uh, uh, pandemic P in this series, then I think that'll <laughs> give him a shot. But if uh, if he plays like he did in that game five, then um. I think they can handle Denver pretty easily. I think they, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes like five and they beat them four one, or if they even sweep them or some shit like that. Yeah, I think I would probably compare that that series to the the Lakers and and Trailblazers one. Yeah, um, I kind of told everyone who's getting excited for that that series, thinking that Portland might pull the upset. One, you don't bet against LeBron. Two, I mean Lillard. I knew Lillard was just gonna hit hit his wall, man. I mean, you could only drop 40, 50 a game every game for so long before you just hit that wall and he did I mean he still had a couple of good games but I kind of had the feeling that that's what's going to happen in this one is Murray's going to calm down might have a couple 20 point games might even break 30 but it took him dropping 50 twice to beat the Jazz you know right and with the amount of defenders they can throw at him I think Jokic has a has the opportunity to be a bigger bigger uh factor in this one yeah he doesn't have to deal with Gobert but they got Zubac. Who are they going to put on him? Um, right. But it's going to take some trickery from Mike Malone for them to get past five games. Honestly, it's going to take their very best. And even then, I don't think I don't see them going past six. Yeah, they're going to. I need, think the Clippers have their feet underneath them now and know what they're doing. I agree. I agree 100. I think that for uh, for Denver to have a shot, I think you hit the nail of the head. I think Jokic has to come up big. He he has to be like real big, like averaging 30 plus. 12 rebounds, seven assists type shit. And then they have to have a third player step up like consistently. They got to have Tory Craig and go out of there and nail, you know, go fucking three for six from three. They got to have Gary Harris not go one for nine. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And they, they got to just go berserk from three. I think, I think they got to just be able to uh, hit shots. And um, cause like, like you said, Jamal Murray, they, they put Kawhi on him and he's done. He's out of the game. Like there's nothing he's doing at that point. So, you know, Jokic, he's yeah, going to have to go crazy. What yeah, if, if Beverly comes back, too, they're going to be rotating. Yeah, Pat Bev, exactly. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be rough on him. I thought, yeah, I mean, Jokic, and if, if the Clips get the three game going and, and the, the, the Nugs are relying on Jokic, it's just going to be it's going to be too much firepower. Um, yeah, I, I could easily see Jokic dropping 40 and 10 and still losing games over there. Yeah, um, I can, too. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. I, I I don't I don't know if I see this the series being as entertaining as the last one. Uh, I hope it is. Like I, I'm, you know, for just basketball reasons, I, I really hope it is. And uh, real quick, just to touch on the Lakers player Blazers, because uh, people was kind of going a little bit crazy with the like Chuck. Like you got you got Charles Barkley on there talking about, 
oh yeah, the Blazers, they win game one, they're going to sweep the Lakers and yeah, the Blazers are going to win this series. They ain't got nobody to check Dame. And I was just kind of thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, listen, I, I get the whole Dame hype. Like I'm a big Dame f- uh, fan myself. I like CJ McCollum, uh, Nurkic. He, he played way better than I thought he would coming off that broken leg. He's a huge upgrade over Whiteside. But, um, it, that was an easy pick for me. I'm like, yo, ain't no way in hell that the Blazers are going to beat. They had no answer for LeBron James. Like, literally nobody that can guard LeBron. And they have literally nobody that can guard Anthony Davis just right there alone. So I don't understand where people was trying to make this, this proclamation that the Trailblazers are going to upset the Lakers. Like, where, like, where the fuck is this coming from? What are y'all talking about? <laughs> no, man, I totally I, – I did think – I think it – I thought it was going to be a little bit better of a series. I thought that like the, the Trailblazers, because the Trailblazers are an eight seed, honestly. Like it, it, if we're really looking at the talent of that team when they're healthy, they're they're not an eight seed. It's not a normal eight seed. But it, it, LeBron's getting to that point. I don't know if you remember, but with the Spurs, every year for like the last five years, they, they ended up winning two championships through the time. But every year they were like, oh, uh, Spurs might have had the number one or two seed, but they're gonna lose in the first round. Blah blah blah. Every year they thought that they were just too old. And I feel like LeBron's going to start getting that disrespect because people are just going to keep expecting him to hit that wall until he does. Eventually they're going to be right. And they're going to act like they're geniuses because they said it that year, but it's like about the first four years before that. So no, I mean, I I knew they had no chance in a seven game series. I I figured they might've put up a little bit more of a fight. Um, They did push six games, which is respectable, but in a couple of those games, they looked like they didn't even belong on the floor with them. Right. Um, but like you said, they have no perimeter defenders. Uh, uh, I mean, is, you had, is, you was at the point where you was relying on Carmelo Anthony to guard LeBron. Yeah, and, and yeah. all due respect to Carmelo, man, Hall of Fame player, future Hall of Famer player, but not there, because of his defense. Exactly, there's a reason why you know you didn't get signed for half the season, and then you know you come in, how do you expect to guard playoff LeBron? Like that's not going to go well for any team. Like, come on. No, it no, it's. The only thing I thought could have happened was the Lakers were going to have trouble with their depth, but they just need those guys to hit shots. Um, Anthony Davis seems like he, like in that last game, game six, was just on another level. Mm. And people forget because he was in New Orleans and he couldn't win a series, but people forget about playoff Anthony Davis. He, bring, he brings it to a new level consistently every time. He just has never had a team. That that war that year the Warriors won the championship. He he beat them in one game, almost beat them in another game, and he was dropping like forty five and fifteen consistently, forty yeah. and ten. I think he dropped. He might have dropped like forty eight that series. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Anthony Davis performs in the playoffs, like, and he hasn't. He's been coasting all season, and he was still a top ten MVP candidate. Right. You watch. You watch them in their games in both them, LeBron and Davis just coasting and they're a number one seed. Yeah. They're, I picked them to win at the beginning of the year. I, I haven't seen anyone who has made me think otherwise. Um, so I'm rolling with them. I knew they were going to be, be the Blazers. I knew they were going to get punched in the mouth early on. They did. And they, they, they got back in their, in their groove. And I, I, I don't really see anyone beating them. If you're the LeBron's Lakers. the only player in the NBA, LeBron and Kawhi are the two only players in the NBA that I know are going to step up. There's the other stars who are going to have those great games, but every single game, Kawhi and LeBron are going to be there. Yeah, they're the most trusted. They're the most trusted players in the NBA right now. Like, you just know that when it's the big moment, they got the ball in their hands. They're going to, nine times out of ten, they're going to make the right decision, make the right play. 
Yeah, and they're going to keep it on throughout the, all four quarters. That's a fact. Um, if you're the Lakers, who do you prefer to play? This OKC team, this young OKC team with Chris Paul leading the way, three-guard lineup, um, or do you want to go against this unorthodox Houston Rockets team with no center that just shoots 100 threes a game and can literally bury you if, they'll, if like, you know, 35% of those threes go in? I see. I think Houston's more dangerous, but I think I think OKC would be the tougher matchup. So I I I, th- I, I honestly would rather see Houston if I'm okay. the Lakers. Um, but there's always that chance that both Russell and Harden get hot, and it's just a weird series that we see once a year, maybe once every other year, where a team who shouldn't win wins. So I mean, but I. Just the matchup-wise, other than Covington, they don't really have anyone to guard LeBron. They have no one to guard AD. They're probably going to have Covington on AD, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely – I think I think OKC is, is the, the deeper team. I think CP3, it doesn't matter what his stats are. He keeps his team in games. Yeah. I think he's the most disrespected superstar of the past decade. and. I, I would rather see Houston, man. We've seen James Harden fall apart. We've seen Russell Westbrook make those, like, last night, or was it two nights ago, make yeah. those dumb decisions. That was terrible. Throwing the ball out of bounds. That was terrible. Taking shots out of James Harden's hands. It just seems like it's still old Westbrook, the same Westbrook that was gunning at the end of that Golden State series with OKC. So I think it, I think that team you can um, force into more mistakes and you can exploit on the other end of the floor uh, more. And if I was L.A., I would run with LeBron at uh, power forward and get more guards in the game. Yeah. Bradley can't come back, which is is bad. But, yeah, I think I would rather see Houston. But it's tough. It's They're close. I feel like um... – like Houston, Houston is the team right now that I'm low key rooting for. Just because, first of all, my man Cove, former Sixer, former Process player, man, shout out to Cove. I love to him to get a ring. Somebody can get one. But um, Houston, I think Westbrook scares me because like last night was just like a good reminder of why KD left OKC, why yeah. Paul George demanded a trade, why you know what I'm saying like. At some point, I think people have to realize Westbrook, how much of of a toxic player that he can be. Because you love his energy, you love the dog mentality in him, but it gets them in trouble. Like, they should have won that uh, that OKC game in game six. That series should be over. But this dude just had the worst possible plays and passes I've seen in a playoff game. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You come down, you shoot an air ball, midi. You go down, you turn the ball over. Like what, people are wide open, wide open threes. You can't get it past. Like you can't, you can't pass it to him. And and you know he's trying to get his legs under him. He's not. It doesn't look like he's in in, in good shape right now. He's still trying to get in basketball shape. It seems like after missing a few of those games. And um, I'm just one of those people right now. If I'm Houston, if I'm a Houston Rockets fan, I'm absolutely terrified going into this game seven. Because Westbrook is such a wild card right now. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Westbrook, to end the regular season before the, you know, the pandemic has shut everything down, if that Westbrook shows up, 
this OKC series is going to be over. Houston should win it. And then Lakers are in trouble because that Westbrook was balling. If the Westbrook yeah, yeah. right now that's playing shows up for the rest of these playoffs, Houston might, they probably not only will lose this game, but if they do win it, they go to play the Lakers. The Lakers should handle them easily. Yeah. And so th- this is another, another very confusing thing for me. Both MJ and Kobe said, who reminds you more? And they both mentioned Westbrook. And I get it. I get like the dog, but we've seen him so many times get into those late minute situations and unravel that whole uber confident dog goes out the window. Well, I mean, I guess the confidence doesn't go out the window, but the talent that should come with it does. Right. You know, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Kobe and Jordan have those bad games. Like everyone's going to have those bad games, but no player consistently, man, like that, the, 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 I always blame him for that OKC thing. People want to put some blame on Durant, and Durant should have demanded the ball, maybe been more of a bit of an alpha. Right. But uh, Russell was taking double-covered shots while KD was sitting there with one guy on him. Or uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. is sitting in the corner wide open. And you're seeing that again, man. Like, if he's the type of guy where if Harden misses one shot down the stretch, he's like, oh, well, Harden's cold. I have to take this over. Yep. Or – I don't, I don't get it, man. I've, I've always been a kind of a bit of a Westbrook hater. I think that his style of, I thought maybe it would work in Houston because he, it was basically accepting that you're going to be the number two. Right. And he did for most of the season, but that game, man, it was obvious that, that he was coming for that alpha dog time, but not producing alpha dog results. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and and Harden has that tendency to dis- disappear at the end of the games too, man. So it just seems like I would rather go up against those guys instead of that, instead of the rock that is CP3. Yeah. Because CP3 isn't as dangerous. You might not drop 50 on your head, but he's going, his team is going to perform and he's going to get the ball in the right places. And he's got enough pieces around him. They have Adams who was better, a better matchup with Davis than anyone on Houston. They have shy and a couple other long defenders that will be, I'm not going to say are going to guard LeBron, but they're going to do decent, you know? Yo, they got, throwing, they got my man Lou Dort, man. He's my favorite player yeah, in the NBA Dort, right now. I didn't, I totally That's my favorite player right now. You stand up. I fucking love Lou Dort, man. I love anybody. He, I love it. He, OKC, he's, he's one of those players that, like, every championship team needs. They need that dog player that when the, when the coach is asking, yo, who's going to guard the toughest assignment? He's the first person to raise his hand. Now, you need that player, man. I fucking love Lou Dort. Dude, I hated Lou Dort as an ASU fan. <laughs> I, I was so excited when we got him, right? And, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He came in as the highest, um, the highest prospect of all time, like even over Harden, or he might have been right under Harden, that ASU ever got. And we had this dude, Remy Martin, who's a small dude, but he runs the offense, perfect college basketball player who's not going to go pro. And Hurley was just obsessed with Dort. He would run our offense through him. And Dort doesn't have ball handling skills. He can't shoot. And he would gun. He reminded me of Westbrook, man. Mm. And we lost so many games because of that. But he was always great on the defensive side. So he goes to OKC. And since they're not using him offensively, he's not frustrating me. But he's still doing that defensive things that I actually did like about him when he was at ASU. And he's just putting all his energy and he's just got the perfect, he's the perfect two guard right now. If you need a three, three and D guy, cause he's kind of cleaned up his three point shooting. Perfect two guard on un, unsigned undrafted 
free agent, man. Mm-hmm. OKC got a gem. Yeah, I'll it's crazy because they're the only two ASU ASU players in the NBA right now. James Harden and the guy, the only guy who's been able to cover him. That's what's up, man. Shout out yeah. to ASU. Um, do uh, real quick, uh, just to touch on the Eastern Conference, uh, and I want to talk about the the sweep that uh, the Boston did on my Sixers. Um, yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like. Where do we go from here, man? Like, if 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 uh, like I don't know. Like my Sixers, are we done? Like, is is it a wrap? Is it uh, do we need to break up the Embiid Simmons combo? Like, what's going on? Let me get you. I hope it's a wrap. I hope it's a wrap, man. I had a deal with so many. This is the only sport. NBA is the only sport where I'd be happy to see Boston sweep anyone. Like, mm. and uh, I just had to deal with so. You're good, but I've had to deal with so many obnoxious 76ers fans in my life that they just are my most hated team. Dude. I cannot stand the 76ers. But uh, I unfortunately, I don't think you guys are done. I think. I think the way the Brett Brown situation, I think it's very similar to uh, um, Dwayne Casey and that they were both great at building teams. And they, I don't know how much, you know better than me, how much power did Brown have when it came to drafting guys? Brown had, and, one, and like, he had the one season where he was the, uh, the, the acting GM when we had the, the whole uh, burner gate situation going on with Colangelo. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That shit yeah. was weird. So then he was the acting GM for that for that draft. That's the draft that uh we had number ten. We took Mikael Bridges. We traded that pick for Miami's first round pick in 2021, 2022 or whatever. And then also Zaire Smith, who Zaire Smith, you know, he's still young enough to hopefully pan out, but hasn't worked out so far. Well, Mikael Bridges is the actual rotation player. Yeah. So uh, he did that decision. That that was the whole we're going star hunting off season, and we wind up with uh trading for Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And then uh, Elton Brand goes out and gives $100 million to uh, Al Horford and 180 to Tobias Harris. So, oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, you guys, you guys are in cat purgatory, man. We fucked ourselves. But if they can, I think my personal opinion is they have to break up Embiid and Simmons, and I think Embiid is the guy to stay with, but they both just had these huge, glaring weaknesses that are keeping them from being. They both should be competing for top 10 players in the NBA. And Embiid was there. I mean, last year or a year, year before that, he was like an MVP candidate. Yeah. And he gets to the playoffs and he just breaks down. He hasn't shown any effort to get better in that area. Just like I don't care what any video shows in the offseason. There's no way Simmons is trying to learn how to shoot and not at all. Right. We're seeing – we're seeing Giannis hit shots when he's at least when he's wide open in this series, and Simmons, it, it's imp- you can't you can't win in the playoffs with Simmons. You cannot do it. You you cannot win unless um and be carries because you're when Simmons is on that floor, they're gonna clog the paint, which takes away opportunities from Embiid and himself. It's yeah, man. It's it's just like so it's so confusing to me. Yeah. And they just seemed to go there. They had no, the only, uh, the only strategy they had was let's get talented players. It was never about who fits with who you got Harris, who isn't a great shooter. you got Simmons, who isn't a great shooter when you should be just going for shooters a hundred percent. 
So I do, I think they need to break up Simmons and Embiid. I would personally stick with Embiid because even though he, it's an easier fix. It's easier to get in shape than it is to learn how to shoot apparently. And yeah, I, I'm getting rid of Simmons if, if I, at all I can. But even if they do that, man, they, 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 those contracts for Horford and Harris are just two of the top five horse contracts in the league. See, the one thing I don't understand is, and you, like these are professional GMs. Like you're, you're in charge of running professional NBA teams. You're, you know, you're expected to build up these teams. And I don't understand how they don't understand that you got two players. You got one who absolutely refuses to shoot. And then you have your other one who is the center who can dominate games, but just can't get in shape. Um, so you don't go and surround those guys with shooters. You look at this team three years ago when we had these two, you know, rookie Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid going into his uh, second year. And we were surrounded them with Dario Cyrus, Robert Covington, and J.J. Redick. And that was a 53-win team. We beat Miami in five games. We lose Boston in five games, which is even a closer series than that. So then you go into the next season, we have pretty much that same team. You trade two of those pieces for Jimmy Butler, which I, I did like that addition. And then you yeah, go and you make a, you know, the big trade for Tobias Harris, but you went away from what you needed. Like you said, you need shooters to be able to spread the floor and be able to hit shots. So these other players, one that doesn't shoot, the other one that can't, well, will shoot, but not doesn't need to be out there shooting threes like that because he should be in his paint. You surround the players with more shooters and you open up the floor more. Like it's a better offense. Like we've seen it in Philly. Like we actually yeah. see it happen and you go completely left from that. And you you go and you sign a, another center, Al Horford. You give a power forward and Tobias Harris 180 million, expecting him to play the three. So, so you essentially got three power yeah. fours in the court at one time in, in, in uh, Horford. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. And you got Joel Embiid and then Josh, uh, Josh Richardson who I like Josh Richardson, but he's not a, he's not a dead eyes three point shooter. I didn't understand like what, what was they thinking? Like when, it, when the moves were first happening, I was like, okay, uh, we're going to be big. It's going to be defensive wise. We're going to be shutting people down. We're going to be pulverizing people in the paint. None of that happened. Like this is not the nineties. This is not nineties basketball no more. Yeah. I think you, I think you said it right at the end, man. It, it's, it reminds me not quite as bad, but it reminds me of how Isaiah Thomas was when he was with the Knicks. It, it was just like he was trying to get, he was trying desperately to get these bigs. He, he like trades for Eddie Curry and like, I don't even remember. I was like 13 and I just remember like, what are you doing, man? And it, it's, it's brand. I mean, the guy played in the nineties and the two thousands. So I don't know, man, maybe he's, maybe he doesn't watch basketball and he's just thinking bigger we are that we're going to win. I don't, I don't know. I really love the Butler move. I think if, I think, if Butler was there right now instead of Simmons, you guys might have won that won that series. Too. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe not win because Boston's really good. We, we might have would have won a game. <laughs> yeah, we might have pushed game. six or seven. Like, I think that. I mean, that's just that has just been a very good thing in the history of the NBA. You get a great big man, great perimeter score. Ben Simmons isn't that. Ben Simmons is a tall Rajon Rondo. Like, yeah. He's great defensively, one of the best passers in the league. And then what? He's going to get you some rebounds because he's six nine playing point guard. But they need to let they need to they need to stop the Ben Simmons point guard hype because I get it. He has ball skills. He's able to dribble. He's able to push the break. He's not a point guard. Like he's a power forward that can handle the rock. He's he's Lamar Odom 
except better. He's a he's a better version of Lamar Odom that doesn't shoot. Lamar can shoot though. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like the yeah. man refuses to shoot. Like you, you know, you see all these offseason videos, and I'm done with them. I'm done with like, and, and I know they're gonna come out, and when the when the season goes on hiatus again, and I know he's gonna be shooting threes, and everybody's gonna get hyped up. I'm not falling for it. And exactly. Mind. I'm like, oh, I'm not falling for it no more, man. This shit is bullshit. And then yeah, I'm it's not the video, man. I'm gonna go to a local YMCA, just hit one three, and just send it to <laughs> send it to Philly. <laughs> nuts. Um, but yeah, they need to. Uh, and it wasn't just Elton Brand; it was the whole front office. Like that, that whole front office needed to go. And the 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 uh, they just fired Brett Brown. They kind of used him as a scapegoat. So we'll see what happens there, man. But yeah, I'm I not. Think, I think I'm not thinking about my Sixers. Idea, I do. I agree too. I agree. I, like, like I guess, like I, I got away from the point, but I think it's similar to kind of how uh, Casey was in Toronto. I think he was a good coach, he but he just wasn't great. Yeah, he, he wasn't gonna get the full potential out of that team, and you got to be willing to make that risk, even if you are a playoff team, even if you won sixty games, it doesn't matter if you think your coach and everyone everyone complained at the time. But look at Nick Nurse, arguably the best coach in the league, right? Who's taking less talented teams, mind you, or or at least kind of close to talented teams that Casey had, and he's taking them farther into the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think I think you guys are going to be better next season if they can find a good coach, if they can if they can find a, their Nick Nurse or their Steve Kerr um, to change that offense a little bit maybe. Yeah. I just can't see a world where you guys are real contenders with Ben Simmons on the team and Embiid. If Ben Simmons doesn't eventually start shooting threes, at least start shooting them. He's talking about something he doesn't want to shoot because he can, he knows he can hit 30%, but he wants to be a 40% shooter. Like, bro, we don't even see you shoot shots. What the fuck is you talking about? Exactly. doesn't matter if you're only hitting 28, as long as they're scared that you you're going to respect gonna... the jumper. Yeah. yeah. That's, all, that's all you need. I mean, if they get rid of Embiid, they can move him to maybe like center and kind of pull a better version of what Houston's doing. That way they could put four shooters around him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You need someone who's going to tailor the game to one of those players. You need a coach who's smart enough to do that. And I'm not even going to act like I am. Um, though that's just something that those that's kind of what separates your coaches, man. In terms of like those are the genius coaches who can build that game. It's similar to your team in the NFL. Lamar Jackson probably fails in half the teams. You have to have that coach who's willing to go against the grain and build an offense that but you would never see that offense in the NFL, right? You have to do something similar, whether it's he's never going to learn how to shoot and you need four shooters on the floor at all times. Like LeBron wasn't quite as bad of a shooter at the beginning, but was kind of a bad shooter. I, I don't, I don't know, man. Honestly, yeah. that, that franchise is the biggest question mark I've, I've seen like i don't even know how to analyze them i'm just i'm just going in the air and saying hey, <laughs> like, i'm admitting defeat to the situation as well because at this point you can't sign anyone horford yeah. was a great sign but not for that money not for that money man yeah it was uh i i hope that maybe we go trade him to to utah for Conley. oh no no <laughs> you guys are not getting rid of horford man that's gonna be your you're Amari Stoudemire, dude. Man. He's, luckily, you guys only signed him to three, what was it, three years? Four years, man. We got three Four. more years oh, on this contract. Yeah. Three more. I'm hoping oh, we got we got to try to do something. Like, if you got to attach a draft pick or two to move him for, like, another bad contract, 
Like they got to figure out something. Listen, man, I'd take him on the Knicks for a first rounder. Fuck it. Hell yeah. Shit. We can send it in right now. <laughs> That's why I wanted Atkinson, man. Um, Boston. It, are they the best team in the East right now? It's it's tough. I'm I'm really not trying to to just totally throw the Bucks away, but I think the Bucks ran into out of the three teams. I think the Heat are the team the Bucks wanted to see the least because they have the defender in Jimmy Butler who could do what Kawhi did last year. And I haven't been watching this game, but from game one, it just seems like they're pulling the, the Toronto uh, uh, defensive strategy. Yeah. Apps claps the paint, even in the, in the um, fast breaks, most people never collapse the paint. And when you face Giannis, they do. I think if, I think if the Bucks get past me at Miami, they can beat Boston, but it's getting past Miami because it's all about the matchups. But they, I, I'm loving this Toronto and Boston series too, man. It's closer than the 2-0. It is. It's been two close games. Or, well, one close game. Yeah. And um, two of arguably the best two coaches in the NBA. Uh, two teams that don't really have clear superstars. I mean, Tatum's right there knocking on the door, but neither of them have clear superstars. It's kind of just about sharing the ball, hitting shots. But I think I think if Miami wins, Boston's going to the, the championship. If Bucks win, I think Bucks will find a way. They don't. Bucks don't have a Jimmy Butler, or the I mean, the Celtics don't have a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi to kind of pull that same um, that same strategy that Nurse and now Spolstra are kind of deploying against uh, the Bucks and the Heat are, are are hitting shots that they normally wouldn't have hit. They've been real hot in the playoffs. I think they're playing better than they actually are where the Bucs are playing worse because other than, I mean, Middleton's been playing decent, but you got Giannis and then who else are you really relying on? Yeah. I feel like, um, I think Boston right now, like they're, first of all, they're undefeated in these playoffs. They swept my Sixers or two yeah. all against the Raptors. Um, just like Miami and Miami right now is undefeated in these playoffs as well. And uh, this Boston team, they, I think, you, they, they probably like right now in the playoffs, they probably have the best big three remaining between Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Kimba Walker. Yeah. And I Jason Tatum, man, he, he just keeps getting better and better every year. And he shows up big in the playoffs now, man. Like he killed my Sixers that game uh, yesterday um, against Toronto where the shots really wasn't going in for him, but he's able to go ahead put his head down, get to the rim and then get fouled. He shot what? 14 foul shots less uh, yesterday. Jalen Brown, the, the evolution of his game, like the, the man is, is doing uh, like, you know, the guard, the Damian Lillard shit, he set a screen, come around it, shoot a three off of it. And then let's not forget Kimber Walker um, who could take literally any guard one-on-one and go get his shot. That Boston team is tough, man, and I fuck, and it pains me because I fucking hate Boston so much. Like this is probably my <laughs> least like franchise in all of sports, and I see them doing so well. And I'm like, yo, man, like I'm a, as a Sixers fan, it fucking kills me. But as a, like a, just a basketball fan in general, like the way that they play basketball, Brad Stevens is doing a hell of a job coaching these guys. He's making good adjustments. He's going toe to toe with Nick Nurse right now, and so far he has won the coaching matchup. 
Like they're just too big. Like they just got these two big ass wing defenders. And with Toronto, like Toronto, they got the two little guard lineup, the, the Lowry and, and Van Vliet shit. You got two 5'11 motherfuckers out there trying to guard these six foot nine motherfuckers <laughs> out there. I'm like, yo, what yeah, the hell are y'all going to do? Like that shit is not going to work. And it's not like these Boston players, these Boston wings are skilled as hell. So they can dribble, shoot, pass, and get to the rim and score on all three levels. What can you do? Like y'all got nobody to defend them. Siakam looks like shit. Like they can't do nothing with, like Siakam can't do nothing in this series. I get Toronto, man. It's looking, it's looking rough for them right now. It's looking real rough. They did play better than they did game one, but still, like for them to play as well as they did game two and still come out on a losing end, ain't looking too good for them boys. Yeah, I, Siakam, everyone thought was going to be a star, and he played. He did play good today, and it wasn't great. And I mean, the Celtics had a really good game out of, of Smart, which isn't going to keep happening five threes uh, man marcus smart is good for one of those like and we'll, like what three every, of them were in the fourth yeah three like four, five, five of them went in, in the fourth i think like all five of them yeah all five of them yeah yes. I, I was like i was like working and like looking at the screen as i worked but um i, I don't know i love this i think I, the celtics are gonna win because they have i think tatum i mean like nba is just it's such a complicated sport but also so simple man the team with the best player nine times out of 10 in the playoffs is going to win. So I think because of Tate, like Tatum's going to take this really tight series and I think it's going to get tight. I think the Raptors win the next game, maybe the next two. Um, but Tatum is just going to be that guy, you know, and, and Walker too. Walker has given up a lot of his stats. I mean, Walker could be on another team right now, dropping 25 and seven, but instead he came to a team that the ball is going to be always moving and, but, I mean, you look at – I just pulled up the stats. There's one, two, three, four, five guys. Five guys with um, over 10 points. Tatum drops 30. And then on the Raptors, one, two, three, five. So, five guys who are at 20 or close to the 20 points on each team. So, it, it's great. It, it, it's one of my – it's my probably my favorite series going on, still going on. Um, that's the kind of basketball I love to see. As yeah. someone who grew up watching the Spurs, uh, I think Nurse took a lot from the Spurs offense. Same thing with Stevens. And it's it's cool seeing every guy on the floor, people that you forget, like OG Ananobi dropped 20. Yeah. You forget that he's even on the court sometimes, and the guy just comes in and drops 20, leads the, the team in scoring. And you, you don't really see that anymore in the NBA, really since the 80s. Um so I think I think the Raptors are going to take two at least, but I think it's going to be a seven game series. Honestly, yeah, I, I hope so, man. I really Toronto's, hope so. Toronto's got that really good home uh, home court advantage. It hopefully will will step back in at some point. But that's so the thing, Boston. though, man. Like the, like the home court, there's no home court advantages. Like in this bubble, yeah. like you got the virtual crowd, and that's nice and all, but that's like a completely different atmosphere than actually being and the Toronto, uh, the Toronto center there and like that crowd going crazy. Like, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. They're, they lost, they, it, that, that's, that's more to Boston's advantage yeah. because they don't have that. They don't have that crazy. Like that last, last year's playoffs was insane. I mean, yeah. Like, you couldn't even hear the, the announcers on TV. Um, that, like that side point, man, I wish, I wish Kawhi stayed in Toronto, man, as much as I like having him out of the East. Yeah, even though my team doesn't make the playoffs anyway, um, it, it was just more of a fun team. I don't know why he left, dude. That was a perfect situation for him. Bunch of young talent, guys on rookie contracts. 
They could have offered him more money than the Clips. And that city, I went up there for that parade, man. That city loved him more than L.A. will ever will. I don't care if he's from L.A. No city would ever – if he would have stayed in Toronto, played another four or five years, let him do another championship, he'd be a god there. He'd yeah. be walking around like Michael Jordan, man. Yeah, and Toronto, Toronto, that's probably, like, my favorite city. Like, Toronto is yeah, lit, man. City, it's man. an awesome city. Like, every time I go there, it's nothing but good vibes. The people are friendly, good food, weed is legal. Like, it's, it's all positives there, man. It's all positives. Yeah, I, lo- I love Toronto, man. Yeah, I'm I the love- same way. I don't, I don't know why he left, man. That would have been such a fun – they're still a fun team, but – It's cold. Imagine- that's why he left. It's cold as fuck up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Southern NBA California, players- boy. Yeah, that's true. But you're playing through the winter anyway, you know? I mean, right, that's a fact. You can go anywhere you want in the summer. You're making $40 million a year. Yeah, you don't have to live there. That's a fact. You yeah. just got to play basketball there for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah I wish he would have stayed, too. It definitely would have made it. And plus, he's playing in a weaker East, so the path to the finals is much is much easier than it is in the West. Now you got to go through, you know, OKC and Houston and LeBron and the Lakers. And, yeah, it's going to be a mask. tough path. But, yeah, the mask up and coming there. Plus, on top of that, fucking uh, the Clippers had to trade away all their assets to get Paul George. And, like, I'm pretty sure that uh, if that they had the choice to, to redo that picks. trade, they had like four picks. Yeah. And you gave away Shai Gildress, and wow. you gave away Gallo. Both were playing better than Paul George right now. That's tough. That is tough. Um, last series I want to touch on here is obviously uh, Miami Milwaukee, and uh, Miami hit on business against Indiana, which kind of figured they ain't have some bonus. Um, Oladipo seems like he's still trying to get his legs under him. Malcolm Brogdon played well. TJ Warren, after going crazy at the start of the seeding games, he came back down to earth, and uh, they handled them in four games. This Miami team, man, I, I like them a lot. I, I love this Miami team, honestly, man. I like Jimmy Butler. Um, I wish he was still in Philly. They just got shooters galore, man. Like, everybody goes out there and hits shots. You got Duncan Robinson right now. He's probably the best shooter in this bubble currently. You got a rookie Tyler Hero who who just doesn't give a fuck. I'm, he's pulling. Yeah. Bam at a bio, man. The, the, this is a dude that can rip and run and lead the break, semi like Giannis and Jokic can do. And then, of course, you got your closer in Jimmy Buckets, who just you know did absolutely whatever he wanted to do in the fourth quarter of this, uh, the past game against uh, Chris Middleton. Milwaukee, like right now watching the game, they're down five, 83-78. And... Uh, I don't know if Milwaukee's going to get out of this series, man. Like, th- this Miami team is looking really good. Like, Spolster is, is, uh, has these guys in, in the perfect sets. Like, they're getting open shots all the time. They're defending Giannis very well. And the Bucks, I don't know if, if – like, I just – I don't know. It's just something about this Bucks team when you got Chris Middleton as your second-best player – and then your best player, you know, is he can't really shoot. So when it's crunch time, they could just clog the paint on him. I, I don't know if this Bucks team is going to have enough to get past these boys. Dude, I, I don't know either, man. Like, I got the game going to freaking uh, Butler has eight points. I mean, your best player, they're holding Butler to, to under 10 right now, and they're still losing. And Middleton and Bledsoe have stepped up to, so far today. Basically, everything's going right for Milwaukee right now. Yeah. And they might win the game, but it's close. So what happens two days from now when Butler gets, gets starts hitting some shots? It, Spolster's just a, a, a genius. He's doing the same thing he did with, with, with LeBron and Wade. I mean, obviously not nearly as good of a team. But 
you get your two guys. <laughs> now it's fucking Butler and Dragic. But and then yeah, you're I forgot so, all about Dragic. Yeah, Dragic's balling. Yeah, Dragic is just eating out of nowhere, and you just shooters, just shooters everywhere on the floor. It was the same thing with the Heatles, man. Every single position on that floor could hit a three in your face, and it's the same thing now. It's not as good of a team, obviously, but other than Adebayo, who might even surprise you here and there, every single person on that floor can hit a forty clip every game from three. So as long as Jimmy Buckets is getting getting his buckets, it's I don't see how I I I still don't want to go against the Bucks. I kind of think this might be a, the same thing as with the LA and and the Portland situation. Maybe they just got to fill them out. But at the same time, the Bucks don't have anyone to 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 do what LA did to Portland. The Bucks don't have a big to throw it into, or they make Giannis play as the big. And they don't really have reliable shooters on the outside. Look, uh, Bledsoe, streaky as hell. He's doing all right today. But anyone who remembers that Raptor series, the dude couldn't couldn't hit anything. Yeah. Anything. They were collapsing the paint. He was getting open shots ten times a game and hit maybe two or three of them. So I mean, they're another team that I don't really know what they were doing in the offseason. I think they should have went after a lot more shooters. I mean, they have Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Corver. But Corver's a guy who shouldn't even be on the floor other than his shooting. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of tough for I'm sorry, not to cut you off. No, yeah. I feel like it's kind of tough to win in today's NBA when your best player is so uh interior reliant. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. like when you so like I'm you know, obviously with the Sixers, I watch it with Embiid as our best player, and and as dominant as Embiid can be. There's only so much that he can do because he can't, first of all, you know, handle the ball really in, in the half court and he's getting the ball in the post. He gets it. They double team him. Giannis is pretty much the same thing where, you know, he gets the ball and he'll take it at the top of the arc or at being, you know, behind the three point line. And then he'll go. They'll build that wall. And he's a decent passer, not the best, but he can get the ball to the open guy. Sometimes it's erratic. But then, like you said, those shooters, they're not knocking down shots. And you really don't have that elite perimeter player. Um, so like when, when I look at teams that had dominant big men as their best players, like, and I kind of look at Giannis as a dominant big man, cause that's, that's his game. He's like inside, he's dominates in the paint. So you go look at like earlier teams, like, uh, the Tim Duncan dominant teams, you always had Ginobili and Tony Parker, who just went to another level in the playoffs when playoff time came around, you had Shaquille O'Neal and look at all three of his stints in Orlando. He had Penny Hardaway and, uh, LA, he had Kobe Bryant and Miami he had Dwayne Wade. He had perimeter dominant players that can go and score on all three levels and be able to handle the rock during crunch time and go get a bucket whenever they want to. I don't see that for Milwaukee. Like I don't see that for like as Middleton as good of a player that he's, he is, he is not that guy. Middleton as your second best player on the championship team, I do not see it. And right now it's, yeah. it's kind of been showing against an actual good team in the Miami and Miami heat. Like obviously the Orlando Mag is just the magic. I, you know, that's bullshit, but this Miami heat team, they're, they're giving them fits. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying with these. It, it's just the pressure of, it has to be the pressure of managing a team in the NBA um, because you look at, that's why the teams who succeed are the teams who are willing to take the risks. I mean, I think if like say say this say the Bucks roster was in Miami and you have Spolstra and Pat Riley, 
I don't think they've re-signed Middleton, even though they made it to the conference finals last year. I think, or, or with Toronto, most teams don't fire Dwayne Casey or with, with Golden State. Most teams don't fire Mark Jackson. You have to be willing to take those risks to go from great to champion. And I think the Bucs kind of fucked that up when um, they re-signed Middleton. I mean, you give Middleton, when you give Middleton that money and you kind of tie yourself cap-wise, because they're going to be paying Giannis, what, $40 million a year, if, if not pays. more. Yeah, so now your hands are tied cap-wise and you're never going to be able to go out and get that, uh, that elite um, number two guy. So their only option is to kind of try and pull what the, the Raptors did last year um, of just – I mean, they obviously don't have to rent their best player because they have Giannis, but just having one real – I mean, the, the, the Raptors did it last year because Golden State got hurt. But they had one real real star. They had Lowry, who's like a, like a Middleton, really good, but he's not you – don't, you don't want Lowry being your second best player on a championship team. Um, but the rest of the team was just so deep that they got away with it. And obviously Golden State got hurt. Um, but I, I, that's the only thing they really can do from here on out. Uh, because it's possible they get past Miami. It's possible they get past Boston, but we shouldn't even be having this discussion. They should be, they should be the favorites. Like we shouldn't yeah. have this many questions about them. And if they do make it to the finals, they're not, they're not beating the Lakers. They're not beating the Clippers. They had, and, and then what? Where do you go from here? You're just going to be a consistently 55-win team that doesn't win in the finals. They have to – they're going to have to find – they're going to have to draft extremely well. They're going to have to get veteran shooters um, for cheap deals because they're, they're hand, handicapped right now when it comes to, to, to their, their cap. Um, do you think – um, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it's just not, not really to get into it, but – I mean, it's real. It's kind of too early to really talk about it. But if they lose this game, which I mean, they've came back and people are starting to hit shots, but they're in trouble. Yeah, man. Do you think? Um, so let's say let's say they lose this series. Let's say they lose against Miami, and Giannis has one year left on his deal. Um, well, right now too, but the next year he has one year left on his deal. And he's not resigning. He's not giving you a guarantee that he's going to sign a Supermax to stay in Milwaukee. <clears throat> Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks explore a trade for him to see if they can go ahead and get something as opposed to, you know, next year, um, you know, 2022 with 2021, 2022 offseason where he can just walk as a free agent and you get nothing for him. Do you think they explore that option of perhaps trading him to potentially bring in something? I don't think so. Um, I think just like LeBron, I mean, he's, he's, he, he's obviously not LeBron, but his regular season numbers are historic. I mean, like his regular season numbers, I, people talked about him a lot, but I don't think they talked about it enough. How, just how good he was in the regular season this year. Yeah. Um, so I think just like with LeBron and Cleveland back in um, not quite as his second stint because he was always doing one-on-ones there, but, and his first stint there, um, people knew that he might leave, but you still – you just don't trade him, man. If there's any shot at keeping that guy who's going to be the best player, um, you, you just have to. Because at that point, it's your fault. I mean, it's not his fault. There was nothing that he did that that um, made the 
The only reason we're talking about why he's not a good shooter is because they haven't built the offense around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they built the offense around him to, to, to deal with his, his faults, we wouldn't even be talking about that right now. Yeah. He's still scoring a decent amount. He's still hitting. He's efficient. He's still great on defense, even though he didn't pick up Butler. And I know it was made like a big thing was made out of that. He's still killing in the paint with rebounds. He's doing all he can do. And I understand the uh, the allure of kind of trying to get a farm for him, but I, I don't think so. I think if there's any shot that you get to keep the best player in the NBA, because um, he's going to be number one, two, or three, I mean, worst case scenario, you, you just have to, man. You, yeah. you have to you have to try. And if you don't, then you don't. You got four great years, three great years out of them. You were a competitor. Maybe you didn't win, but – yeah, I, I would I would advise against it. I don't know much about the Milwaukee front office. We haven't really seen them be good for a long amount of time, so we don't really know how they operate. But uh, no, man, I, I think you gotta you have to go all in on Giannis. Even if yeah. like a team like let's say the Miami Heat comes in like a Godfather offer with in which you're offering like Bam and like five first round picks, you still turning that down? Ugh. It's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm turning it down, man. I think first yeah. round picks are highly overrated. You think I mean look at uh look at I mean the Knicks. The Knicks get three first rounders for for uh Christophs. And at the time I was like, you know what? Like we don't even know if we're gonna keep them. But what is that honestly gonna turn it into? It's gonna be like a seventeenth pick this year and well we gotta we gotta pray that he that that team falls apart by twenty I think the last draft picks like 2024 or something like that yeah oh i don't know like look at the clippers in the in the in the um it was good for okc because paul george i don't think it was worth all of that right. but let's just say Giannis was on okc and that was the trade yeah you're getting four picks but they have the best player in the nba who's only 25 they're never going to be a lottery pick you're never going to so what you're just getting five average players on good deals which is great but you're not building a championship with that so i think the only way I'm thinking of trading Giannis is if it's more similar to the Carmelo trade where um, you're getting four players that can play for you right now yeah. and also a couple picks. Even then, though, man, like I said, it's you, the, the, the fortune favors the bold in the NBA, and you just got to take that risk. You got Giannis. You made that crazy. You got Giannis at 14, man. You're blessed already. You just got to do what you've got to do to put that around him. And maybe they can draft a couple shooters who can also play on the other end. I don't know, man, but that Middleton trade, that Middleton contract and the upcoming contract for Yacht, they they might be able to get a couple guys on one-year prove-it deals. We'll see, but I don't really see them winning a championship this year. Yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, Budenholzer needs to do – sorry, just one more thing. Yeah. Uh, I love Budenholzer as a coach. He's great defensively, but he needs to figure out how to build that offense more too. I mean, the offense right now is basically give the ball to, to Giannis and let him work and try to find outside shooters. Yeah. Maybe put maybe put Giannis in the top of the key, have a lot of guys cutting. I don't know, but you also need to make adjustments. You can't just rely on the fact that you have Giannis. We brought up the Knicks. I kind of want to transition over to them and uh, pick your mind. So 
your New York basketball Knicks. Um, you guys have been in in basketball purgatory for for quite a while now. All right, you had a couple of good seasons with uh, Mari Stoudemire, and then Carmelo comes over, and you had a, like a fifty two or fifty four win season, and you get to the second round, and then uh, it's kind of just been downhill from there. You know, Lin Sanity comes in, you know, as a little joke, but um. Where do you see the future of this franchise, man? Like, what needs to be done for the New York Knicks to get back to basketball relevance? Um, so I really liked the Leon Rose hire. Um, and I, he, he made a ton of hires that um, – the behind-the-scenes hires that other GMs touted and things like that that most people don't really know about or pay attention to that go – I'm a big believer in G, the, your GM, whoever's making your roster decisions is the most important thing in sports. I would take the best GM in sports over LeBron James because they, they just all, those teams are the teams that always win. And um, we just haven't had that. I mean, we've had these like patches and these, these, and, and James Dolan just controlling things and making dumb moves and, and it's a lot of it, it falls on the fans too. I think it, us as fans don't get enough blame for it because we always just want to win. And we're always asking for like for the mellow trade who I was, I don't even have, what year was that? I was like 15. I'm like, why are you, he's a free agent. He's a free agent this year who wants to be in New York. Why not keep your pick, which is going to be a good pick because we're a middle of the road team. Keep Gallinari, who I fucking loved. But that, that's just how we've always been since, since I've been old enough to watch basketball. Um, and I like the Phil Jackson hire. And James Dolan seemed to be kind of pulling back and kind of letting Phil Jackson run it. And it, it obviously ended up working out. I don't know what happened with Phil Jackson, but he just lost his mind apparently. Um, <laughs> and then we went back. And then as soon as, as soon as we had to get rid of Jackson, it was like this patchwork thing again. It's like, you have Steve Mills and other dude who I always forget his name, like co-GMing and co-dealing with the roster and never really have done anything good in their careers. And then we go with Leon Rose. And I'm like, okay, we get a young guy. He's make, he makes all these hires like in the scouting department and analytics, and he's embracing analytics, which the Knicks have never done. They're like the last team to not do it. And then he hires Tom Thibodeau. Mm. And I'm like – Typical Knicks, man. Mm. Big name, who's past his prime. It, but we've been drafting well. We've been getting – we got screwed up over in the NBA. We should have had John Morant or, um, or Zion. The lottery system is bogus. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the 76ers the 76ers tanked for like six years in a row. The lottery system does not work. It does not stop teams from tanking. Get rid of it. Um, and I might even say that because I'm a Knicks fan, man. If the Cavaliers would have won the lottery and got Zion, I would have been upset, but I would have understood. Mm. But when you get the Pelicans, who were only bad because they couldn't keep the superstar they had happy, and then you give them the most marketable superstar since LeBron James, it's a travesty to the league. I don't care how bad the Knicks are ran, at least Zion Williamson would be in New York. Right. And then Memphis – who's been a contender for a decade has a couple bad years and they just walk right into John Moran. But then you get the Knicks 
who I, I saw someone tweet and it's like uh, the Knicks have had like 16 lottery picks and have never, ever gone up. They've never had like the chance of getting the fifth pick and got the third pick. They've Ooh. always went down every single time. So we get RJ Barrett, who I just, I don't like. I didn't like him in college. I thought he was completely overrated. Yeah. He's a skilled player, but he's just an ISO player. He doesn't pass the ball. He shot like 38% from the field. And this year we get the eighth pick instead of a top five pick. But I like I, – the only, only thing I like about our team right now is Mitchell Robinson, man. I, I don't see – and one good thing is Thibodeau will give him minutes. Mitchell Robinson was like third in the league in his rookie year, was playing 20 minutes in blocks. Uh, last year he broke the record for field goal percentage while averaging 10, 11, and four per 36 minutes – or 15, 11, and four, sorry – per 36 minutes, uh, four blocks, 11 rebounds, 15 points. And the man was playing 23 minutes a game for a yeah. team who wasn't going to playoffs. How do you have this quite obviously blue chip talent and not, not give them more minutes to develop? you got Taj Gibson in there playing. So the one good thing about Thibodeau is they'll play, he'll play more minutes, but I, I just don't, I don't know, man. We don't, there's no direction, you know, there's, there's really nothing to, I love Robinson, but he's not someone to build around. I don't think we should build around um, Barrett. Luckily, the team has a ton of cap. We have a lot of draft picks. Thibodeau, at least, has, has been on teams that drafted pretty well. Um, I, I want to come back on this podcast after the draft and after free agency okay. and, and then talk about the, the direction they're going in because right now it's just a, a ship in the middle of the water and you don't know which way the wind's going to blow. You just have this weird collection of young guys um, who it's like Kevin Knox really loved Kevin Knox. They didn't give him a chance to develop. He averaged 13 points as a rookie and then got less, less minutes in the sophomore year for some reason. Um, but I don't know. I think Thibodeau will kind of be a guy like Casey. I think he'll build the team. Um, and if they let him, I think in three, four years, they might actually be a six or seven seed, you know? And then from, from there, maybe they can, can get a, um, a superstar in, but, I want that. I want to see them get away from the Knicks model. I want to see them keep drafting, give Baird a shot this year. I don't like him, but really give him a, let him lead the team this year. So you at least know you should be playing Barrett Knox and Robinson 30 minutes a game minimal. Yeah. You should be looking for uh like we got Alonzo Trier, really good undrafted free agent. Go after those guys. Suck. It does not matter. Just get those really young guys. And like the 76ers did, honestly, you guys had trash teams. You let your rookies play and you decided, okay, this guy's good. This guy's good. This guy's good. Keep them, get rid of these guys. They got rid of the wrong guys, but they still did a process. Right. Let, let Robinson Knox and Barrett flow together, get some unsigned free agents, use these picks to get some, got some role players in decide who you want to keep on your team. But if you win, if the Knicks win 45 games in four years, I know it's a long time for now for other Knicks fans to hear. A superstar will look at that team and be like, they're not dysfunctional anymore. They have young guys who would be good number twos and role players, and they're in the biggest market in the world. And, and they'll come. The only reason they're not coming now is because of dysfunction. You get rid of that dysfunction, it doesn't really matter how many games you play as long as it you're trending up. And – well, yeah, like I said, I would love to come back on after free agency before next season and, and kind of talk about it. But as of right now, man, it's just – I like the moves they've made in the front office. 
Um, I like that they're, they're embracing analytics. I think Thibodeau will be a good hire, but that's because I have the, I have low expectations. I think he'll be a good guy who's old. He can teach fundamentals of the game. He, he's not going to be afraid to play them a ton of minutes and let them um, learn. But I think eventually four or five years from now, if everything goes right, he's going to have to be the martyr. He's going to be happy. He's going to have to be the Dwayne Casey that gets fired. So the nurse can come in and, and bring him up to a new level. But right now, man, it could go to, we can be terrible for another five years or we can be great in five years. It's just, you have the pieces. Uh, you just, you have to let them work. And I, that's how, that's how I felt at the, this, this is the exact uh, opinion I had at the beginning of not to ramble too much longer, but it's the exact opinion I had at the beginning of this year was you have pieces, man. Like stop signing all these old guys, just, Go out there and suck, but try while you're sucking, you know? And you'll figure things out from there. But people are so afraid for their jobs. Fisdale was so afraid for his job. He was trying to win. And it was like, you're not going to win. So you're going to get fired anyway. You might as well try to get these young guys to develop. But no one thinks like that, you know? And I couldn't ask them to think like that. Yeah. I don't, the guy's got a $5 million contract he's trying to keep. He's not going to just let his young guys fail. Um, and that's what's so great about Sam Hinkie, man, is – he knew where he was at. You got to be honest with yourself in the NBA. He knew Brett Brown was the team was going to suck. You have to give them the leash. But yeah, like I'll definitely, I'm I'm planning on being back on the falls in a couple of months. Okay. After the draft and free agency, we can get together and talk about where our two dysfunctional franchises are going. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll I'll have the booze ready too, so we can uh, definitely do a couple of shots and and. Uh, you know, drink away our sorrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I feel you on that one. So, hey, hopefully, hopefully they can switch it around. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, bring some joy back to to Nick fanhood and, uh, you know, kind of go from there. Um, that place is rocking, man. It's the best stadium. It's the best arena in sports, man. You want, you want to see that place, that place have some good, good reason to be excited, man. Yeah, Instead it's of just all- like LeBron coming and Madison Square Garden is fucking gorgeous, man. That's a beautiful arena. Yeah, man. I've yeah. never been able to see a game, but I did. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit of football, and then we can go ahead and get out of here on this one. Uh, you're obviously a Buffalo Bills fan. How do you feel about this upcoming season for your Bills? And do you believe in Josh Allen? I do not believe in Josh Allen. Um, well, I do, but not to the extent that Bills fans do. Most Bills fans. Um, I think this is the most Bills season ever because we finally have a talented roster, and, like, of course, fans can't go see it. It's just like – Yeah, I know, right? It's, that's it's like crazy. God, it's like the Bills can't have a good team. Actually, here, you guys can have a good team, but you can't watch it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think – I'm not a, I'm not a, I, I hated when they drafted him. Um, I really wanted Lamar. I was, I, I wanted to trade back, get some picks and go for Lamar. Cause I'm thinking if you're going to go for the athletic quarterback, who's not very accurate, you might as well go for the more athletic quarterback. Um, and Lamar wouldn't have had this kind of success in Buffalo, but uh, he, he showed improvements. This will really be the year if I decide if I like him or not. I love him as like a, like a play. Like I love him as a outside of the way he plays. Like he's a leader. All his teammates love him. He's, he's willing to put his head down and run. So I, I love that stuff about him, but 
in the end, it's all for me, it's all about accuracy with quarterbacks. If you're not going to have Mahomes, if you're not going to have one of those top five guys, you need a guy who can manage a game and be accurate. That being said, McDermott was on a team with Cam Newton, and I think Josh Allen's kind of Cam Newton light. I never really was a big fan of Newton either. Um, and I think they built a team that I think we, I think we could win with Allen. And, and but I don't think I don't think you can consistently win with them. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. I think you're gonna. I think we're gonna run into a Panther situation where we have our quarterback on a rookie contract. He's a playmaker. He's gonna score enough points to let our defense get him in a position to win. And then we're gonna give him money, and our defense is kind of gonna go from great to good, and he's not gonna be able to carry us. Um, so. As a Bills fan, I'm excited. I trust Brandon Bean and McDermott entirely to figure it out, um, but I'm not sold on Allen. I'm more sold than I am than when, I, than when we drafted him. When yeah. the Bills drafted him, I was, I was pissed. But uh, he's made strides, but this is the year. Year number three, cliche, this is the year. Same thing, like now we know Trubisky's a bum. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is it. I mean – you either get some of that, and he's looked great in camp. But when they, you got he's been making crazy deep throws to digs. Uh, but yeah, this is it, man. You got one of the most talented offenses around you. I'd say probably not, maybe not top five, but maybe around six, seven, eight top talented offenses in the league, top five defense. If you don't win 11, 12 games, it's entirely on you from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is it. This if Josh Allen's not good this year, throw him away. I yeah. don't I don't care. I don't care if you go to a backup next year. Just get rid of him. Don't give him that that fifth year. That's what like twenty million dollars for a fifth year quarterback. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just go just go away. Keep that defense. Keep that run game that's going to be developing, and go look for go look for a guy. This Buffalo Bills team um, kind of reminds me of my uh, early 2000 Baltimore Ravens teams where yeah. we had a crazy dominant defense led by Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs. And like, <laughs> you know, five years of just like top three, top five finishes in you know, defensive categories and uh, never really had a stable quarterback. Like we had fucking Kyle. I should have been a bowler with Super Bowl aspirations. You know, yeah. Steve McNair, he comes in for a season. We go 13 and three. He's he's a, you know, game manager. And um, you guys, it's, it's like it all comes down to Josh Allen. You have a Super Bowl winning roster and like top to bottom. Like, you look at the defense, like you said, top five, I think it's a top three defense. I think you guys yeah. are arguably the best yeah. defense in the NFL. It um, could be. Yeah, exactly. So you got a dominant defense, very young and athletic. You have a solid offensive line, which I made upgrades to. Um, you got a really good running back in Singletary is going into his second year as a pro. You go out and you trade a first round pick for Stephen Diggs and you give a legit number one receiving threat along with very good complimentary pieces in John Brown and, and Beasley and uh, 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 Dawson Knox, who I think he's going to be a very solid tight end um, as he develops. It all comes down to Josh Allen. You got one of the best coaching staffs in the league, Sean McDermott. Um, they built up the team very well. And uh, it all comes down to to Josh Allen. Can he take that next step? Um, for me, watching him, like accuracy, that was definitely one I 100% agree with you on. And then also decision-making. 
Um, physical talent. He's one of the most the, the most physically talented quarterbacks I've seen come into the NFL. Crazy arm, like one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. Um, can move, can get out of the pocket, can run. And uh, but I've have seen him just do stupid shit. Just like, what are you doing? Like that playoff game against Houston, you guys should have won that game. When he oh, when he did that shit, when he's running and then he tried to ladder the ball and luckily it went out of bounds, I'm like, oh my god, what am I watching? And you you know, there's two there's two different uh, uh, spectrums with that, where because he's trying to do everything that he wa- that he can to try to win the game for his team, but at the same time, it's like that Westbrook effect where you may be costing your team by doing too much. So yeah. are you able to dial it back? make a better decision in, in crucial moments and, you know, like you said, improve your accuracy, especially with that deep ball. Like I think it was a stat. He never completed a deep pass last year over 25 yards or something like that in the air. Like I was yeah, like, he was wow. Like 20 or something like yeah, that. That's yeah, that's nuts. So, man, yeah, yeah. Hopefully uh, this is, like you said, year number three, and then this is going to be the make or break a year. This is going to be the year where do Buffalo continue forward with this guy as a franchise leader or do you go ahead and cut bait and try to, uh, you know, bring in a veteran, trade up, and uh, try to go get, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Fields. I doubt you guys would be in position to do that. But, you uh, know, yeah, yeah man. That's, yeah, that's my, uh, the, I mean, not even – no Bills fan bias. Like, I think, I think the Bills have a great opportunity to compete for a championship this year just because there's no dominant teams. I mean, for the past decade and a half, there's always been at least one team that's just like no one's beating them. But you look at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, I mean, they have a great offense, but they're not they're not bulletproof. They, to be fair, they probably should have went to the Super Bowl two years in a row. But the Chiefs are one wide receiver injury away, um, something like that, to being a very beatable team. The Ravens great great team but I think the Bills are built to play the Ravens I mean they have one of the fastest defenses in the league we have a guy in Edmonds who's my favorite young guy in the NFL I was yeah, he's a beast. happy as hell we traded up to get him um just giant he's huge but he's also one of the fastest linebackers in the league he's he was had terrible footwork the first half of his first season and by the second half of his first season he was in the right spots if he can get even better we have a lot we have fast linebackers fast corners fast safeties we have the speed to contain Lamar better than probably any defense in the league. And then from there, who, who are, who are obvious Super Bowl contenders? I think the 49ers were kind of a flash in the pan. I think the, 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 the Packers maybe have one more year um, on paper. Obviously the Buccaneers look great, but the back can fall apart so easily. Their past defense is still not good. Um, anyone can win it this year is basically my point. And I'm not trying to say that the Bills are a favorite, but in a year this wide open where it only takes one bad thing to happen to a team like the Chiefs for and everyone to be um, contenders, this is these are the years that teams like Buffalo have to capitalize on because you don't necessarily need that quarterback who's going to kill in a tight game. You can if you can you can just play your way solid and get one or two breaks and you're right there. So. Yeah, it's going to come down to Josh Allen as far as we can go. But I think we have one of the deepest teams. in the. I think the offensive line needs to play a bit better, uh, especially at the end of games. They weren't terrible last year, but there was certain uh, – the Patriots game and the Houston game, yeah. uh, the last two games of the year. The, the end of those games in the red zone, 
Josh Allen would say hike and people would just blow right by the left side of our offensive line. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this is their second year together. We have a couple, we don't have any injuries going into the year like we did last year. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this year they need to be going all in. I think they should be looking into Fernet. If Fernet wants to sign cheap for a one-year deal, even though I believe in Moss, I really like Moss as a number two. Yeah. What If you can get whoever you can get that you think is going to make your team better, go for it. Because yeah. I, you have just as good a shot as anyone right now, honestly. Yeah, that AFC, especially in the East, like you guys uh, are favorite right now to win the East with Tom Brady and uh, being out of New England and um, that New the England defense, friend. Half the defense opted out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of players opted out there. They got Cam. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hype around Cam coming back and having a resurgence season. I got to see it to believe it myself. I'm not buying into that just yet. Um, I mean, in the AS, and let's just talk about contenders. Let's talk about contenders of both the AFC and NFC. Because in the AFC, you got like the two, the big two right now is Kansas City and Baltimore, right? Um, yeah. You look at Pittsburgh, who last year, Pittsburgh had an awesome defense and then went eight and eight with fucking Duck, Duck Hodges and fucking and uh, Rudolph, who decides he wants to attack six foot five, 280 pound <laughs> linemen. Um, so the, I think Pittsburgh can be back there with if Ben Roethlisberger can stay healthy. Um, you got Buffalo. I think you guys are in the mix there as one of the top four teams in the AFC. And then some of the sleeper teams really would be what Cleveland maybe. We'll see if B- Baker can get his shit together and uh, they look improved on paper. Um, New England, you always can't count them out because of Bill Belichick. And then, uh, I mean, that's pretty much Houston. You got Deshaun Watson and uh, the boys in Indy. Indy, I got to say, you got to put Indy in there. So I think those would be like the top teams. And um, in, the a- in the NFC, you mentioned the 49ers. You got the Seahawks. Um, the Packers, we'll see what happens with them. Minnesota, eh, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy myself, so I don't really trust them. New Orleans. They're overrated yeah. every year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you said, the AFC uh, definitely got deeper and uh, it's, it's tough. I think uh, I like the fact that they got the seven seeds now. Uh, so there's going to be seven playoff Man, teams. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited about that. So you got an extra playoff team in there. But um, the Bills got definitely got an open chance there. Who is your favorites right now in these in these conferences? Who do you like the most? I, I mean, it's I'm gonna just take the Chiefs out of it just because they have Mahomes. They're this close to being double or back to back champions. But um, on the AFC side, I really think I really think every team you named are like. I think there's going to be team, teams that don't make the playoffs that we're thinking have a shot at the Super Bowl right now. But I think it's just that deep, and I don't think any team is that much better than the next. Um, I'm not completely sold on the Ravens. I, I don't – we'll see. This will be the, the, just, just as much for the Bills. Um, Lamar's obviously insanely talented, but we'll see if he can get through a third season. Um, the whole offense, honestly, of um, – that that style of offense, yeah. Because we saw we saw what I mean. The clo- we've never seen this before, but the closest thing it has been the 49ers uh, with Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and they felt they ended up falling apart. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's a possibility. Um, I think the Steelers. I I think on paper with that uh, Big Ben coming back, you would think that with that defense, they would be a crazy good team. Uh, and I'm personally going for Smith Schuster in every fantasy league this year because I think he's going to go crazy low due to the fact that he didn't have a great year last year. Yeah. But 
you're going for a quarterback who's already aging and he tore something in his arm. Yeah. So right now, I think, I think if you take, I think it's the, I also agree. It's the chiefs and the, um, the Ravens, but like you said, there's those, those four or five teams where if they can clean up a couple question marks, they're going to be dangerous. The, 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 the Colts are probably my most dangerous team to take the bills out of it. Take my fan bias out of it. I would say the Colts just because they got, now they have a one-two punch with Taylor and Mac. They yep. still have uh, what's the other guy's name there? Is it, is Hines still there? Is that Hines? The is it you talk about a running back? Yeah, nine. I can never. I'm not sure. Time. I know. I know Marlon Mack, and I know the rookie they took. Yeah, and and they got that. They have that guy. I always forget his name. Who he can catch the ball out of the backfield. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yeah, they have a decent wide receiver room. They have Phillip Rivers, who's never been able to make that step. But their defense, too, is very, very underrated. They kind of fell back last year because they were always playing from behind. But Mm -hmm. when Brissett played decent, they won. And now they're in that division with Tennessee and then two easy, pretty easy teams. Um, I think Tennessee, a lot of people think they'll be contenders. I don't – I think they're going to take a step back. I agree. I'm not a a Tennessee believer. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan the only Tannehill. Really last year was Derrick Henry, and yeah. he'll be good, but he's not going to be how he was in the, the, those last four games. Yeah, I'm not buying into Ryan Tannehill, man. He had a hot streak. Don't get me wrong. He did what he did. He beat New England and Baltimore in their home stadium. yards, though. Right. Exactly. Like you know, yeah. that was Derrick Henry fucking just running through everybody. Yeah. So and then you go and give Tannehill, you know, another was a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I'm, I, I think that team regresses. Yeah, and then in the NFC, um. No one really has me sold. I picked the Packers last year, uh, and they seemed they were gonna, they seemed like they were gonna make me look smart, and then just fell apart in San Fran. Uh, but San Fran, I think, I think their defense, their defense can only regress or stay the same. So if their defense gets better, but I don't trust Garoppolo. Um, they don't really have enough offensive pieces. We'll see how Brandon Ayuk does. Uh, shout out to ASU. Um, but other than Samuel, that that's it. They, the Samuels are only established wide receiver from last year, and he's hurt. They're running backs. They have three decent running backs. No, no good running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them doing that. So unless the Buccaneers are as good as everyone thinks they're going to be, I really don't think there's. I think it's the same over there, man. This is a really weird year. There was so much turmoil and there's so much changing of the guard where other than the Chiefs with Mahomes, there's just no guaranteed thing. Even the Saints, who have been the guarantee basically for the past four years to be a contender, Drew Brees is getting a little bit older. Um, he, he kind of he fizzled out a little bit last year. Yeah. They added Sanders, but I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be we don't even know if they're gonna have Kamara. Kamara's been sitting out. Um, so I think I th- if I had to pick a top three net right now for the NFC, I would do the Packers. Um, probably the Packers, the Bucks, and the Saints. Okay. Yeah. He, he, I, the Packers should the Packers should be the Super Bowl contender if they drafted the right way and grabbed one of those wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers and made a couple offseason moves. They would be a contender right now. Dumbest draft of all time. <laughs> Dumbest draft of all time, man. How are you one game away from the Super Bowl and you draft a running back when you had two guys last year and you and your wide receipt, you were throwing 
And when Adams was hurt, you were throwing at guys you picked up off the street. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, dude. That pisses me off. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite player, so it pisses me off, man. They drafted his replacement instead of drafting a weapon for him. I'm like, damn. A game away from the Super Bowl. That was fucked up. That was fucked up. Dude. Yeah, Dude. They, say, they say he was pissed, too. He might be an MVP this year, though. Who knows? Maybe it lights the fighter underneath his ass. Yeah. He carries the Packers. Who knows, man? Yeah, he might fall out. They're, I kind of have a little bias putting him in the top three. It probably should be the 49ers, but I'm going to go with the Packers. You didn't, you didn't mention none of the NFC East teams, um, the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a believer? I do believe in the I do believe in the Cowboys. I think they're gonna I just don't think it's this year. I think I think in the future um it will I don't I hate McCarthy for one. Yeah, me too. But reports have came out that Kellen Moore is gonna be calling the plays. Um so I, I think they'll be fine in that area. But their defense just they their defense looked like it was gonna be good and then they lost um who just got hurt? Was it McCoy? One of their defensive yeah, linemen. Yeah, yeah, McCoy tore his biceps. Yeah. yeah. McCoy's hurt. It's already they're already gonna have um uh sorry man, I'm like blanking. They're always they're already gonna have issues like with communication chemistry, sorry. Yeah, they're yeah. They're already gonna have chemistry issues. Um and now you take that guy out who who's been practicing with the first team, probably the most talented guy on the line. Um it they're possible, they're a possibility. I just think they're a year or two away. Uh, but I like what they've been doing. After years of just being mediocre, they're being aggressive now. They're going after real guys and and that wide receiver. That it's going to be crazy. I feel CD you. CD Lamb a year to develop. Yeah, man, that Cowboys offense can be lethal. Um, you know, you got Zeke, one of the top three running backs in the league. Offensive line is usually always solid, and then you got that uh, trio of receivers there with uh, CD Lamb, um, Gallup. And of course, uh, 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 the dude they just gave hundred million dollars to Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. Cooper. Um, the way of Dallas for me is their defense. Like, uh, like it sounds. It seems like they just kind of put together like a patchwork defense. Like they signed like all these different veterans, and uh, McCoy's hurt. I like their linebacking core. Vander Esch, I like Smith, and then um, Sean Lee if, if Lee can stay healthy. Their secondary though is going to be shit. Like they lost their best cornerback in Byron Jones. And uh, they really didn't replace them. I mean, they drafted the kid out of Alabama. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the Eagles is my sleeper team in the NFC. Like the Eagles, you know how like the Spurs and the NBA was that team that you kind of flirt with, you know, when the, the Knicks aren't yeah, doing yeah. well. The Eagles is sort of like that for me in football, where like I keep my eye on them, I root for them low key. Like I like when they do well. Um, if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, the receivers, obviously, like he literally was throwing the practice squad players last year. That was bad, and he still got them to the playoffs, man. That like Wentz is a fucking baller, and but you yeah, know with yeah. him, with him is just like the injuries. It's, you know, like can he stay healthy? Uh, the defense, I think the defense is really is going to be really good for them. I think the Eagles can surprise a lot of people this season, and um, I got them right now winning that division, and I think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, barring Carson Wentz health. Eagles would probably be probably be like my fifth fifth team right behind uh, the 49ers. I, th- I think both them and the Cowboys have those question marks. Cowboys obviously on defense. And um, even though a lot of people are coming back for the Eagles, um, I like Rager, but uh, Jackson's another year older. They're, they're another team where it's like they're elite guys, but are they going to hit the wall this year or is it going to be next year? You know what I mean? Like Jackson, yeah. Jeffrey – 
Um, it can't get worse, though, obviously. Uh, if those guys are on the field, it's going to be better than it was last year. So, yeah, I do agree. The, the wide receiver thing was, was the huge issue. I think Sanders is good. I think he's a little overrated. I think a lot of people are taking him in the first round of fantasy. Um, Eagles fans thinks he like, I have a buddy who's an Eagles fan and thinks he's a top five running back. And I think, I think Sanders might regress a little bit. Wait, he's, top he's, five he, running back, like in NFL or top five in fantasy and NFL. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a bold statement. That's bold. yeah. I like Sanders, but I don't know about top five in the NFL. Like that's wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, one, one of two things is going to happen with Sanders. He's either going to explode this year or he's just going to come down to kind of like a middle level and kind of just equal out. And that'll probably like whatever happens this year, I feel like it's going to be his career. Yeah. That but, offensive uh, line, they took some hits there too. They lost a yeah, tackle Brooks and a guard. Hurt. Yeah. Brooks got hurt. Um, someone else just got hurt like last week. They left tackle. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and Wentz already has those injury issues. Mm-hmm. I think they just have too many questions. The only thing go going for them really is the fact that the receivers are going to be better. Uh, but I think it, it, it's going to be tight. It's going to be them or the Cowboys fighting for that fifth spot for me behind the 49ers. Yeah. Um, but like, like I said, man, it's really open for anyone. That's Cowboys have a couple injury issues and the, the Eagles walk to a, a freaking division title. You never know, man. This year is going to, it's, I love when leagues are like this. It was kind of how the NBA was last year. Um, outside of you had the Warriors at the top and then everyone else was kind of even. You had Kawhi and Toronto. The East had four or five really good teams. The West had some really good. And then you had a couple injuries to, to Golden State and boom, Toronto wins a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year is like that, man. It's other than the, the, the Chiefs, everyone has a shot. There's like yeah. 15 teams you can realistically see in a, in a championship game. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I wish fans could be there. Hopefully they can be by uh, fourth, fifth weeks. Yeah, man. I'm kind of sick that uh, this, this, pandemic, this pandemic just shut everything down. I, was like, I pretty much had to cancel my, my uh, annual Baltimore trip. And uh, so, you know, kind of is what it is. But, yeah, hopefully the season is, um, is it goes on and hopefully – uh, they able to keep it going, you know, hopefully nobody, no, a bunch of players don't contract COVID and they got to shut everything down and, uh, we have a nice smooth season for the whole 16 weeks. So that'd be real nice, man. Um, before I let you go, let me get a Super Bowl prediction out of you, man. Who do you think is going to be there? Super Bowl prediction. And I got to get the winner uh, too. I'm going to go with the same thing as I did last year. Uh, Chiefs and Packers. Chiefs Packers, okay. Yeah, I just think the Packers, man, they've been right there, dude. Right fucking there. And I think the NFC's kind of weakened out a little bit. I think this year Rodgers gets a fire lit under his ass and uh and and finally pushes it. It's huge bias though, huge bias. Cause I, I always hear how good how much Brady's better than Rodgers. I just need Rodgers to get another ring, man. So it's kind of a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not very confident in it this year. But yeah, I'll go. Go with Chiefs Packers. All right, man. That's on the record. All right, man. That's uh, everything there. Before I let you go, man, let the people listening where they can find you, social medias. Uh, you know, do you still doing the, the the blogging and everything on the website? I am not currently blogging, but I will be soon. Um, I'm sorry, I spilled coffee. Uh, I will. So I'm I'm coming back to the falls in a couple months. 
uh, I can't really deal with this Wyoming shit for too much longer. Um, <laughs> so I'll be back on the Trap Nerd podcast probably around December. That's what's up. Um, I'll be starting my Trap Nerd sports podcast again. Uh, now that I'll have some time on my hands, I'll have to get you on there. Yeah, man. Um, I was. By the way, I was enjoying those couple of episodes that you was doing with your guy, man. Like I was tuned yeah. in. So it, it, not to get too much into it, but um, it just it just wasn't one of the parties wasn't very reliable. I'll just say that without okay. getting too much into it. But yeah, I, I love doing it, man. I got all the equipment. So yeah, dude, um, I'll definitely get you on there. I definitely want to get Matt on there. Um, I should, I, me and Matt have something. I have to record with him in a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, right now I'm just kind of floating free agent, just getting in on here and talking sports whenever I get a chance. Uh, if you want to follow me at Joshua Clark underscore, or Joshua underscore Clark 92 on Twitter, and also follow the Trap Nerd Sports Podcast on Twitter. You're not going to see anything for maybe a month or two, but as soon as I get back in the falls, I'm going to start uh, start getting that going again, even if I have to do it by myself. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back in the podcast game. Yeah, man, looking forward to listening to you again, man. Yeah, dude, if you ever need it, co-host gets your host gets sick or something, just let me know, man. Yeah, definitely. Pretty- yeah, definitely, man. I, I enjoy having you on the show. It's been a long time coming, so I'm glad we was able to get you on. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed talking to you about basketball and, and sports and getting your perspective on everything. Um, I always heard you on the Trap Nerd podcast and I was listening to your perspective on sports and um, I was like, yeah, I got to get Josh on here. I definitely got to pick his mind. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a pleasure, dude. I really do appreciate you for coming on, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. So that go ahead and wraps up this show today. Um, I want to give a special thanks again to our guest today, my guy, Duke. And um, had an awesome conversation again and looking forward to having him on future episodes. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you go and follow us on Twitter, S-Y-E pod. Go and like our Facebook page, Sports Your Enthusiasm Sports Podcast. Uh, email us any suggestions, any comments, um, Sports Your Enthusiasm Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, you already know the end of my podcast sessions here. Make sure that you're drinking more water. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you.